You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. Welcome to I'm a Doctor, not a podcast, Cinema Geekly Star Trek podcast. It's the Chief Petty Officer, Anthony Lewis, along with the Fleet Admiral, Ben Knight. Ben, yeah. hello. How are you doing? Yeah. Hello. Uh, uh, just one second. Uh, let me try it again. Okay. Right, so, uh, okay, I'm hot. Yeah, milk. Yeah. Uh, press this button here. Uh, Warning. Oh. Self-destruct sequence has been initiated. Oh, no, 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 that's bad. No, stop that. That's mm. not what I wanted. I just... I just want, I just want some coffee. Specify parameters. I did already. I said milk and and hot and no. Do you know it's really just the caffeine? Or what? Hang on a minute. Uh, hang on, check my drawer. Hang on, there we go. Oh, oh that smarts a bit. Um, I have, to <laughs> have that directly by hyperspray. Okay. Um, oh, there we go. I feel a lot better now. Uh, yes. Hello. Um, just one of those yeah. mornings. It really is. Yeah. God. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm a bit giddy with too much caffeine now. Yeah. I mean, that's okay. That's what happens. Uh, when you oh, get space caffeine. I think I might have had too much. Hang on, let me just check. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a bit fast. Hang on. Think happy thoughts. Think happy thoughts. There we go. Ah. Uh, there we go. <sighs> breathe in the flowers, blow out the candles. And calm mm-hmm. and shut up, stupid device. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Just uh, pay no attention yeah. to that sound. Yeah, I don't know what that was. It was just anywhere stopping the previous one. Um, <laughs> brilliant. I, I've just unplugged something in this sick bay as well. I don't. <laughs> That's okay. They don't need that stuff. Doctor, two things. One, have I unplugged anything important? He's dead, Jim. Oh. It's not Jim, I've told you a thousand times. Um, fair enough. Look, can you just fix this while I get on with this podcast? Thank you. Yep. Well, I'm a doctor, not a mechanic. Well, I don't care. Just get on with it. Right. <laughs> anyway, hello. It's always hey. so moody. Uh, <laughs> it is, isn't it? Don't you? We know you're a doctor. We can see yeah. the degrees on the wall, buddy. Um, yeah. uh, anyway, uh, we yeah. are here to talk a couple more episodes of Star Trek oh, Strange New World Season 2. Uh, episodes five and six and unfortunately for me uh i have almost no memory of episode six so that'll be fun uh to discuss some but limited. <laughs> okay so let's begin with episode five charades that's how you say it right ben we say charades, but yeah. <laughs> yes, I know. Uh, let's talk about it. Uh, Spock and Chapel are nearly killed when they encounter a portal created by a higher dimensional race, the Kirkovians. Uh, they heal Chapel, but accidentally reconfigure Spock's human half. 
uh, or his half human, half Vulcan physiology, so that he is now just a a full blooded human. They thought there was something wrong with him, so they just made him all one thing instead of part of one and part of the other. So uh, as this happens, uh, Spock is preparing for an engagement ritual with his fiance to Pring and her bigoted parents to Prill and Sevek. Whoops. Uh, Spock's mm. human mother, Amanda Grayson, boards the Enterprise to help Spock prepare. Spock does not tell T'Pring of his condition, hoping to not worry her. You know, because Vulcan's famous worriers. Uh, mm. And, well, he's human now, so of course he's thinking like this. And relies on the crew to help disguise himself as Vulcan and stall the ritual until a cure is found. Chapel convinces the Kirkovians to return Spock to normal by confessing to them her feelings for him. Spock is able to, uh, I'm not entirely sure exactly why that worked, but there was a reason in the show. It's just, yeah. I don't remember it now. Spock is able to complete the ritual, which ends with him making a telepathic connection to his mother that shows him how difficult it is for a human to love a Vulcan. Spock then reveals the ruse to call out to Pring's, uh, to Prill's bigotry, Offended that Spock hid his condition from her, T'Pring asks for a break from their relationship, and Spock later admits to Chapel that he has feelings for her, and they share a kiss. Ben, your thoughts on episode five? Um, I, I really enjoyed this episode, and I think what I'm beginning to settle for, I suppose, might be the right term, mm. Um is that Strange New Worlds, season one, gave us, uh, I guess, old school Trek, and we were absolutely living for it and that's great um i have been underwhelmed by a couple of the episodes in season two uh, but only because they they kind of jarred with what the show was supposed to be about mm-hmm. um but then i've had i've had a, a thing recently where i've watched a few um original series episodes uh, that i just hadn't seen for a while a bit, just a bit at random and i i guess i always slightly forget just how many episodes of Trek, uh, of all Trek actually, were kind of based on a sort of comedic premise. Yeah. And, or, or sort of heavily featured scenes that were just there for, for the comedy. Mm-hmm. And so this episode, uh, you know, we, we were very quickly straying into that territory. And I thought, oh, okay, some more of that. Uh, and, you know, looking forward throughout the season, you kind of think, oh, there's going to be more of that too. But this episode did something very brave in the sense that we've already spoken about the fact that um, for Ethan Peck playing um, probably at this point, I think, in in sort of real world history, probably the most iconic sci-fi character, um, Spock is is universally known. And... Nimoy's portrayal of him is obviously the iconic definitive. Yep. But also, you know, we've we've seen some other standout versions. Zachary Quinto's or Quinto is is fantastic. Yep. It's brilliant. And I, I, the only reason I'm still interested in seeing any more of of um, of that universe as well, actually. Yep. Um. So, so, so yeah. The the start of this episode, it made me feel so uneasy. <laughs> Because mm-hmm. I was thinking, oh no, like this, this obviously we know in the not too distant future from this point in in the timeline that that Spock changes, 
um, he does still retain more comedy than people remember. Yeah. Because Spock is a funny character, sometimes not knowingly, but sometimes entirely intentionally. Yeah. Uh, at other points in the original series and, and of course, in, in the films. Yeah. So, um, so all of that said, I was thinking, well, uh, okay, if they overdo this, it's going to be cringeworthy. But what a, what a great device to say, well, okay, we can free Spock up to 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 do all of this comedy and to, to make use of Ethan Peck, who is a superb actor mm. uh, and, and has just, he seems to completely understand Spock, uh, or at least this version of Spock. Yes. Um, so, you know, taking him, giving him an excuse that is sort of okay from a sci-fi writing point of view, I think. It's not, it's not massively jarring that, you know, that this has happened. The premise for it is is a fairly bit of classic sci-fi fodder, I suppose. Um, and using that to, to explore the, the relationship with Chapel uh, and to, to allow this sort of, this sort of scene is, is just bloody clever. Um, so then how did they do it? Well, the, the device of, of, um, you know, the mother-in-law, uh, <laughs> who was like sort of Vulcan version of Hyacinth Bouquet, um, for me, uh, it was just sort of, uh, in fact, no, she's even more aggressive than that, isn't she? Uh, there's this sort of deep unpleasantness about her that yeah. you kind of, all the way through the episode, you're kind of hoping will crack yeah. or that, um, you know, that someone's going to give it to her straight. And of course, you do get a little bit of that later on. Mm-hmm. Um, Actually, it so, kind of reminds me a bit, maybe mm. with a little less bigotry, maybe, of when Worf wanted to marry Jedzia oh. on DS9. And Mar- I think it was Martok's wife who had to like come and like approve of Jadzia or whatever. And she was super harsh on her. Although at the end it, that turned out well, but uh, less so here, but like she reminded me of that. Like, yeah, I see that. Yeah. Hard nosed Klingon, like not willing to give any ground, except in this case, just a, a Vulcan who uh, this is not uncharacteristic for Vulcans to be kind of bigoted. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. They're, they're an arrogant bunch of bastards. Yeah. Uh, it was one of McCoy's um, observations about them. Um, but the, yeah, the, 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 the way of playing that, um, it's, it's such a fine line. I mean, the dialogue was all there, but yeah. just because the writers wrote it a particular way and, and so on doesn't necessarily mean that that will translate well on screen. And, and that is a, a massive task for, for Ethan Peck. Yeah. And he pulls it off pretty flawlessly there are various issues with well sort of canonical issues in this there are a mm. few slightly peculiar moments that you kind of think well that was an odd storytelling choice to use that but for, for the most part um it's a well-constructed yeah. episode it has an internal arc that um that, that you know is kind of done and dusted inside uh, an episode save for you know the obvious bit that follows on for it with chapel um and there's not a foot wrong really in this episode obviously uh the the internet has opinions and it has been a divisive episode there are quite a lot of people who don't want to see their spock i suppose um be uh sort of become a a figure of fun in yeah but 
See, for me, though, Spock has always been a bit of a figure of fun. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the point of him in, in the original series in lots of ways. Yeah, he was kind um, of a fish out of water, unintentionally funny, but they, I mean, and intended to be. But yeah. as time went on and his, like, exposure to humans and the way humans are continued, like, he picked up on it and he's half human and mm. uh, and in time became intentionally funny. Like, Spock in the movies is mm. oftentimes like the comedy in them. Like he's, Absolutely. he's like, I mean, he's a huge chunk of the comedy in star Trek four. Although that movie is more of an mm-hmm. action comedy than mm-hmm. it is like a hard sci-fi movie. But mm-hmm. you know, that, that sort of stuff continued, uh, even in six, which is a far more serious movie. Uh, mm-hmm. he still gets a couple of funny moments in it. Like, uh, yeah. and there's a way to do it because it's, you know, he's not, He's doing dry humor, but here there's a little bit more space to do it because he's fully human in this episode. And when you're tapped into those, when you're tapped into that stuff fully, like it allows for a little more room to play. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, that's absolutely true. Yeah. Uh, and and the, the, the sort of the, the the bit that I thought was perhaps a little unnecessary was the the sort of additional layer of you know he's being forced through through adolescence I suppose uh, yeah it, and and that is a way of cramming in an awful lot of you know new experiences for the character and seeing how he resolves them given that they all have to be done inside of um, one episode or yeah. more or less so um, it was interesting to see that I mean the you know the way the way he behaves towards Sam Kirk is is funny yes uh but also i don't know how much we necessarily needed it yeah um the i mean obviously the the kind of breaking down of reservations in relation to christine chapel is 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 sort of part of an arc that, that spans a few episodes yep um and it, it's uh yeah that was necessary otherwise i guess there wouldn't be a great deal else going on yeah i mean it's interesting to see vulcans with kind of messy personal lives because it's not just spark and that being down to, yeah. to uh, this this incident with the tractor beam but the um you know the the, the, the mother-in-law um uh, is uh, she's complicated and the relationship between her and her husband uh, is also clearly complicated yes uh, and and brilliant i mean some great subtle or more subtle comedy comes from there yep. um the, the the bacon scene. I mean, one thing I, I think is a pattern. <laughs> I love uh, that bacon scene. Oh, it's brilliant. I, I think but the pattern that's sort of emerging in Strange New Worlds is that if you see a scene that's going to occur in um, uh, Pike's quarters in his kitchen or whatever else, yeah, you're going to get some you're going to get some good comedy because most mm-hmm. of most of that seems to be happening in there. Yeah, and a little bit, well, obviously that's something that we see later on. Um, but there's 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 a there's a lot going on, on on the sort of comedic side that that just keeps this episode enjoyable. Um, I think it's good as well that the balance. I, I think a lot of sci-fi fans, I think myself included, aren't massive fans of when you get sort of big romance arcs in in sci-fi series. It's good for it to be a feature, and you've got to have you know that dimension there because these people are all living and working together on a spaceship, and you know things happen. Mm-hmm. But the there's just enough of Spock and Chapel and uh, and and that sort of complicated thing going on for for that to be an important part of the storylines, but it, it's not it doesn't overwhelm the show. Uh, and 
and I, I, I enjoy that. And then you've got the, the sci-fi element, which is easily overlooked in an episode where it's just really the device to get you, you know, to get your other plot going. But I quite liked the the whole communication issues with um, our extra-dimensional friends here. Um, again, it's a really good example of Ahura getting, you know, just an opportunity to absolutely shine, and she does. Um, yeah. There's, there's, it's quite a busy episode, but it's you can always tell with um, with Trek when when there's been a solid episode that. It, it flies by. And not all episodes in season two have flown by for me. Uh, this one really did. I mean, from start to finish, I could have, I could have watched another hour of, of the Vulcan shit show that was going on mm-hmm. uh, and enjoyed every second of it. But the other thing as well, I mean, talk about it being a busy episode, is um, Amanda. Now, yeah. uh, I, I quite like Amanda across all of her iterations in track. Uh, I think she's a, she's quite an interesting character who we always get hints as to how interesting she is, but we very rarely get much of a, a sort of look into Amanda Grayson. Uh, and, you know, Mia Kirshner, who, who played her, of course, in Discovery. It's too many Star Trek. Yeah, Discovery. Yep. Uh, you know, she, she's she's back here, and I'm pleased about that because I think she has been, like, she's she's been a good choice of uh, of actor for this. Agreed. Um, but we, we hear a bit more about how she fitted into the kind of fucked up Vulcan world yeah. because of Sarek. And um, I, I, I found that, I found it pleasing, I think might be the right word for it. Um, I, I think she's she's often overlooked uh, in, certainly in the main canon and on, on screen canon mm-hmm. uh, as being sort of, well, you know, she's she's literally just a device most of the time. <laughs> yeah. And, but here, yes, she is a device and she's a very important one, but it was nice to just get a little bit more depth to a character who has been in Trek forever and a day, uh, and you know, much like some of the other characters are being thrust to the fore here, like like Ness Chapel, for example. We are getting, you know, a whole different view of them. We're filling in a lot of blanks, and I think Star Trek, um, when Strange New Worlds was uh, was announced, I think one of the things people were were hoping for was this kind of, you know, let, let's go, let's go and backfill these characters who we all yeah. think we know about or you know or maybe we've even forgotten about i mean dr mbanga most people completely forgot that character existed uh in in track yeah. until this iteration so that that was all good the, the actual communications scenes between um uhura and the extra dimensional aliens were i they were kind of cheesy in a in a kind of in a sort of old track cheesy way Mm. but i think what just about kept them acceptable for me was the um the extent or the extent to which they've gone to to quite a lot of effort to make the show visually pop every every episode of this just has some great visuals in it and it's not always consistent because you know this shit costs money um but (laughs) this episode is a really nice example of where they could have been a bit kind of cheap about how they did all that sure it yeah. probably was a little bit cheap, but it, it it still got there's enough distracting from what could have been a bit of an awkward scene yeah. um, to make it to make it viewable. Yep. I mean, it's easy to go through and pick out individual scenes from this and to say, you know, which ones of the the sort of ridiculous moments were the best. I mean, the 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 canteen scene um, with Spock and uh, who else is in that scene? I can't remember. Chapel, uh, her, uh, 
Um, uh, Laan, I think, is there. And somebody else, and I can't remember who the other one was. Yeah, where they're like telling um, jokes around the table or whatever. Yeah, and you know that, that's a it's a slightly unsettling scene, which it's supposed to be, uh, but also is is some really good comedy. Yeah. So yeah, I, I just, this is a, a strong episode for me, and but equally, I'll sort of add a um, a footnote to it. I absolutely understand why a lot of people didn't like this episode. Sure, uh, but I think overall, I think this is probably uh, on the on the kind of general reviews across various types of places on the internet. I'd, I'd be surprised if this isn't one of the best reviewed ones for season yeah. two. This uh, this didn't strike me immediately at all as something that Trek fans would not like. I guess because I don't know. I've seen a lot of Trek episodes that. Are like this. I mean, this isn't as like morally challenging or bleak as like Tuvix is or whatever. Um, but it's, it's similar. It's like a similar mm-hmm. idea where you like you take an established character or characters and something alters them into you know like uh, rascals or whatever. Like mm-hmm. where the crew is transformed into like kids or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you get you get these sort of things in Trek from time to time. So I don't know. I sort of welcome this sort of thing. Uh, Honestly, we talked about the bacon scene where he just can't stop eating bacon and like same, my friend. Uh, But uh, even like Pike is like, you want to slow down on it? He's like, I can't, it's just so good. Um, He's right. It's, it's so good. Um, you can't have just one. But I think, actually, I really enjoyed the scene as well, where you have, um, I think it's like La'an, Una, and maybe Chapel are like trying to teach him how to talk like a Vulcan as well. Because like the whole thing is like, I've got to put on a charade, obviously. Um, and they also want to play, they mention charades yeah. later as well as a sort of stalling method. But he's basically trying to put on a performance of being a Vulcan, but he doesn't know how to do that anymore. And they're trying to teach him. That's really funny. And like, a, do I sound like that? I don't know how to pretend to do any of these things. Uh, like with that mind melding. Well, that scene as well yeah. gave, um, it was it was a nice sort of uh, ensemble piece because yeah. all, all of those sort of helping Spock faking it type scenes and there were a few this episode showed us a bit more of what i think both of us have said at times has been missing from new track which is the interaction between the the central characters yes Uh, when you think how much more of that there has been in other tracks to see Mm -hmm. to see that developing in strange new worlds has been vastly enjoyable and yeah because you get the camaraderie absolutely And, and in this episode i think probably more than any of the others in strange new worlds so far that kind of it's it's right up there it's probably i guess it's kind of a sort of unwritten c plot in some ways yeah um and, and yeah it, it it just adds a bit more texture and a show that is existing in a production world where you know for various tax reasons they're making bold decisions about getting rid of some and commissioning others yeah um, yeah i think it's really important to to make sure that this show gives itself the best chance of surviving the cull and mm-hmm. episodes like this will do that yeah uh, okay, so what would you give episode five? I may slightly surprise when I say that this gets a four and a half. Ah, I give this a four and a half as well. Nice. Yeah, I love this episode. I thought it was great. Yeah. Um, it's a good rewatch 
watch one as well. I mean, I, I watch these episodes usually twice for, for, for the purposes of this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one's probably going to get a third watch fairly soon, I think. I wish I had done that for this next episode, Ben, because I will watch an episode and I n- almost never take notes mm-hmm. because notes... I just, gets in the way. Yeah, and I don't... and I. I feel like I'm I'm terrible at note taking and also when discussing the notes that I have I feel like I'm just reading off a piece of paper and I'd rather just have it sound like a conversation so that's what it is but I do write down a score after every episode and I have a score written down for this episode and we will get to it but I'm looking at the score and I don't remember anything about the episode at all let's have a go so this will be fun episode six lost in translation not the only thing lost currently uh, heading into this. So the Enterprise joins up with the USS Farragut to repair a deuterium a deuterium refinery. Sorry, I'm not up on my my eriums. Uh, deuterium. I should be. They've mentioned it enough throughout Star Trek history. Um, <laughs> Ensign Uhura begins experiencing hallucinations of strange noises and frightening images, including the deaths of her parents and of the former USS Enterprise engineer, Hemmer. Peely discovers that the refinery has been sabotaged, or as Captain Kirk would say, sabotaged. Uh, (laughs) Sal Ramon, the officer responsible for the sabotage, is taken to sickbay. He exhibits symptoms similar to Uhura's. Ramon escapes sickbay and attempts to sabotage the Enterprise. Boy, it's not really looking good for him. Uhura pursues him and unsuccessfully attempts to calm him down. James Kirk, visiting from the Farragut, rescues her before Ramon is blown into space by an explosion. Uhura discusses her hallucinations with him, and he helps her realize that she needs to confront her grief about her parents and Hammer rather than ignoring it. With the help of Kirk and his brother Sam, who is a xenoanthropologist, Uhura realizes that her hallucinations are actually messages from aliens who live in the deuterium. That's brand new and are being killed by the refinery. She reports her theory to Pike and he orders the refinery destroyed. Uhura later introduces Kirk to Spock. I have no memory of this whatsoever, Ben, but uh, the aliens living in a thing and communicating with people outside of it is a tried and true Star Trek tale that has been told quite a few times through like next gen and ds9 and voyager but yes uh, as is as is the oops were accidentally causing problems for aliens that we didn't understand which is yeah uh the everyone including discovery most recently yeah yep yeah um so maybe that's uh, why this didn't stick with me yeah it, it's it's a tricky one this so in terms of was this a great sci-fi story um no Uh, And I'm not sure it was necessarily intended to be here for that purpose. Mm. Um, This episode, if I was scoring it purely as, you know, as a chapter of sci-fi, it's it's not going to get above average. But this episode goes back to the thing I was just talking about with the previous one, which is this um, dynamic of, of the slightly wider crew. So, yeah, this is a, a Hura episode for the most part. And and she's you know, she's definitely the, the A plot and, and, and so on. And that's the bit that's barely unremarkable, despite yet another superb performance by her. But yeah. um, what we 
I think really get out of this is we see a lot more of um, Palia. Yeah. We see a lot more of um, James Kirk than we've seen so far, except the other week. Mm -hmm. uh, we also see the interaction between um, between the Kirks, the brothers Kirk. Yes. And I think, first of all, let's just deal with, with that. The... I think we we said before, and we said even when this was announced, that we really didn't want to see that much James Kirk because, you know, there's yeah. no need to. We know that's ultimately where it's going, and we know that we might need to see a bit more of him in order to, as, as we approach the right. the end of, of this show. But it's saved by the fact that Paul Wesley, um, again, the writers and, and in his performance, they get that Kirk is kind of objectionable. Um, he's, he's a bit of an asshole, but equally, you know, he has the endearing qualities that ultimately, you know, make, make us tolerate how much of an asshole he is. Um, and you know, you, you see a bit more of that in here. Um, I think Pelia stops becoming a novelty character in this episode and starts, it's the first moment when she starts to become a genuine, you know, engineer role character in this show and I, th I think it's that's overdue yes i know we had to quickly learn about her and she came from a species that for some reason still not happy about it we never really hear about in anything until that first time we hear about them the other week um but th there's it's all about bringing about this texture and, and again i think that the the clue that that might have been the intention here was the um uh the reappearance of hammer Mm -hmm. Albeit in you know hallucination yeah. zombie form, uh, but it, again you know we, we sort of see the reaction to, to that. We we know that you know he's not just been written out and that's the end of him. Thank you very much. Uh, you, you know he's still a presence within the sort of the world of this crew. So there's this this felt like a, an episode almost purely designed to to give us um, to give us texture for for lack of a better term um i do think as well that sam kirk the, the more i see of sam kirk on screen uh and, and it may be down to um uh dan ginotti i think is his name the guy who plays him mm. um it, it, like the, the, you've, I, I find I'm, I'm believing more and more um him as the kind of slightly irritating little brother uh if there's, I'd, I'd, I'd rather, I'd much rather see more of him in in this show than I would have uh, of Jim Kirk, if I'm honest. Even though I'm, I'm not sure the actor is quite as good as uh, as Mr. Wesley, but still, um, the the episode itself, it's really, it's difficult. I I tried to watch it as, you know, as I say, as a chunk of sci-fi the first time around, and it kind of left me a, not cold, but I was like, mm, okay, fine, that's that's what that was. Um, the second time I was far more interested in seeing what what we were supposed to be taking away from it yeah and and I think that's where I was like oh, okay now now I, I think I get what this was supposed to be mm -hmm. um, and again spoilers looking ahead there are a few little seeds sown in this that are, you know, only gentle ones but there's just a few little hints in here perhaps as to what they're gonna do thematically as, as we progress uh, about the characters but um, yeah I, I I think I appreciated it way more on the second viewing, but only because it's another example of getting to see this superb cast. And and so far, I haven't. There isn't an obvious weak cast member in this show. No, um, not that I feel like. 
Yeah, I mean, there's a few that I'd kind of want to know a bit more about before I make a final view as to what I think about them. Sure. But um, everyone who's in this is is doing a great job. Everything feels no perfect in this episode. Mm -hmm. But is is the overall sum of this episode something that makes this a classic? Not by a long stretch, mm -hmm. but is it an enjoyable, um, if slightly wonkily paced at times, I've, I felt episode that that gives us a bit more to care about absolutely and and again i mean there there is a uh, a nice little attempt to sort of nod towards canon in this as well i think um what's it called Daniel geek i think picked this out uh that you know the whole thing about pike being a temporary fleet uh oh member. yeah yep yep because that's that's literally the, the first time we ever meet him fleet prior captain to, i think or something yeah fleet captain yeah i mean the first time we meet him in um in the show it's pretty much the only thing um we know about him i think if i'm not mistaken but for the well, first time kirk meets him that's anything yeah he about. he says like that's his recollection of the first time he met pike yeah yeah and i think that's quite cute yeah <laughs> like that but, stuff yeah and and this again i think we've we've kind of stopped pulling out all the the easter eggs and sort of little bits of fan service in these in these shows because you know the new writers are doing non-stop Easter yeah. eggs and tons of so it. It, yeah I mean and there, there are some some pretty little things in this that are that, that are you know worth a little quiet chuckle sure uh, I think the highlight of the episode though it, as brief as each moment was was um you know undead Hemmer who yeah. uh, you know I, underserved I, like I wish we yeah, got more absolutely and I I do wonder whether we we might see returns from Hemmer in you know wibbly wobbly timey wimey or whatever kind yeah. of type is at some point and i hope we do mm -hmm. um, because i think there was a lot more to that character the other thing i'll say about this as well is i i have lost my note about who directed this particular episode uh, i have it somewhere uh, dan dan Liu. yeah who i do not know anything about me either um but i'm gonna guess might have had some involvement in horror movies because not just we get this kind of sort of horror vision of of hammer and and you know the sort of multiple albeit imaginary deaths and all that sort of stuff but the way that the, the the tension of this episode is handled in places screams horror director to me uh, mm -hmm. and the way that the photography works in the um hallucination scenes isn't just sort of slightly wonky hallucination stuff it it it's shot it use it borrows so heavily from mm -hmm. the world of horror movies that i'm guessing that might be this guy's thing uh, uh kinda <laughs> so he's uh before doing Trek, and he has directed two episodes of Strange New Worlds, mm. two episodes of Picard, and mm. um, he's also actually directed two episodes of For All Mankind, which is a show on Apple, which is very interesting. Uh, it's a space show, but it's not like Star Trek. Uh, but some of his earliest stuff, uh, he directed a 2015 short film called West Side Swordy <laughs> with Sword. <laughs> SW? Yeah, Swarty. Okay. Um, but he's also, his first big gigs were directing episodes of, he directed two episodes of Fear the Walking Dead, three episodes ah. of The Walking Dead, and an episode okay. of Walking Dead World Beyond, and then did two episodes of Shadow and Bone. So he has done a lot of okay. scary yeah. shows. Yeah. Well, that, that, that makes sense. And I, I, and I think it's one of the strengths of this, this new. Um, group of writers, directors, producers, and and the cast, of course, is that 
there are times in in all of the new tracks, uh, it, including the animated uh, one, where they've borrowed to a great, in some cases, a very heavy extent. In some cases, just subtly from other styles of of storytelling and, and television production. Mm-hmm. So whether it's you know romance or, or, or sort of rom com, or whether it's pure comedy stuff, whether it's horror, um, they, there are bits that they they sort of incorporating visually uh and, yeah. and this is probably one of the best examples of that this episode mm-hmm. sadly as i say i don't think i don't think it adds up to being anything like uh, a classic but i think it felt like a necessary episode rather than filler and okay. if you remember back we were talking about um actually both picard and discovery actually mm. uh, there were quite a few episodes where it sort of felt like things were just ambling along and not a great deal happened and yeah. we got bits of information but probably not enough. Um, I think this is a better example of maybe continuity episode that provides us with something that we actually want to take away from it, if, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, yep. So, yeah. So. Uh, okay, so I'm curious because n- none of this helped me at all. Like, I'm curious, uh, looking at my score, I am curious to know, or do you want to know what I gave this before, yeah. you, before you tell me what you gave it? Okay. So I wrote down here three and a half. Uh-huh. So I must have liked it, not loved it, mm-hmm. but I must have liked it. But this is, uh, I mean, I know this isn't the Doctor Who podcast, Ben, but uh, this is definitely one of those episodes <laughs> where, uh, like, as soon as I looked away from it, I, I just forgot everything that happened in this. Uh, this episode produced by The Silence. The Silence, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> we're like, they must have been in the room with me or something. I just, I don't even know what happened. Maybe I was having a bad day that day, but like. But did you capture those, those interactions, even if you don't even particularly remember the. I remember flashes yeah. of this episode. Like, I remember Uhura and Kirk. I remember mm-hmm. her having the visions. I remember Kirk and Sam hanging out. Uh, mm-hmm. but like so much of it is just like it went in my brain and then just immediately out and it didn't stick, which is weird for track. Uh, you remember what I mean, this, this is technically, I think the first meeting of James Kirk and Spock. Yeah. Yep. Canology. Yes. Yeah. In, in kind of, <laughs> uh, and <laughs> And yeah, it was corny. Uh, it was it was canonically. Uh, yeah, that's the one. Thank you. Yep. It was a it was a sort of handshake thing, and it was a bit. Yeah. Uh, equally, you can't be a Star Trek fan and not get a sort of bit of a low key sort of scree out of that. And, yeah. And I did. As I say, it, it. Yeah, it's easy. It is easy to forget. But there are moments in it that I thought were were slightly more sticky. Um, and. I, I, out of interest, the same score, three and a half. Okay. Uh, I, I couldn't necessarily point to anything at all bad in this episode, mm-hmm. save for the, the lack of the lack of a story. Might be one way of putting it. Yeah. I mean, there is a story there. It's just it's a bit of a don't really care story. But yeah. I, as I say, the then they're done that story with Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that might be another reason why it was such a slight mm. rehash tropey a plot because that wasn't really what we were supposed to be focusing on i think yeah um anyway uh <laughs> this is i feel so unprofessional 
of uh, Chief Petty Officer sounding underwhelmed. <laughs> <laughs> Whilst also giving a perfectly respectable score. Yes. <laughs> well, I feel like maybe it was the break. Um, I feel like maybe it was the break. That did that's it. a good test, isn't it? Yeah. Because uh, it, did, it just didn't stick with me. But this is it. But there, there are episodes of Trek that... Um, the, I guess I was going to say most normal people because both you and I rewatch Trek mm, quite a bit. Yeah, we're not normal. Most people, no, exactly. But there are episodes of Trek go back and yeah, going back all the way to original run, original series that stick in people's minds, even if it's just moments of them or the nature of the plot or whatever else. Yeah, and yeah, this episode, even though it features what should be an iconic scene, uh, i.e., the, the, that first uh, Kirk and Spock uh, interaction of any yeah. mean. Um, yeah, n- nothing in this is going to be sticking in my brain in the long term. No. Um, it's a necessary episode, but I, I, yeah. maybe that's all one can say about it. Okay, well, maybe better, maybe a better roll of the dice for next week. Uh, mm-hmm. Two more episodes to talk about. They're already out, and I haven't watched either of them. But wow. I'm excited to check them out. Ben, have you already watched both of them? I have. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Okay, so... Uh, and obviously, everyone knows that one of them is the um long awaited crossover episode. Yep. Yeah. Uh the <laughs> uh the the Boimler's gonna Boimler episode. Uh everyone loves Boimler. Boimler. Yep. <laughs> Uh, All right. So in the meantime, while you wait for that, everybody head on over to cinemageekly.com where you can check out the archives of this show. Uh, Of course, it's a listener supported podcast. And there are a couple of ways you can help out there if you so choose. Uh, We have a Patreon, patreon.com slash cinemageekly. We have the merch store, geeklymerch.com. Oh, I didn't even give you a chance to press the button. That's all right. Um, Because I'm unprofessional and didn't have it immediately to hand in any event. Um, (laughs) Well, the links. (laughs) I found a Borg button to do with merch i can't remember something apparently i made ages ago but i'm not going to use because clearly i decided never to use it do you mean this button geeklymerch.com that's the one yes resistance to buy uh products is futile uh links for those in the show notes and yet they manage it come on listen yet they manage yet they persist ben must comply right um Your money will adapt to service us. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) the links for those can be found in the show notes for this episode. Of course, you can find us on Apple. logic was impeccable, Captain. (laughs) Thank you. Also, don't call him Captain. He's a bloody chief. (sighs) I know. What what does he know? Uh, You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Audible. Just search for I'm a Doctor, Not a Podcast. And that way you can join us next time if you hit the old subscribe button when we talk about Season 2 of Strange. New Worlds Episode 7 Those Old Scientists and Episode 8 Under the Cloak of War Music